that music doesn't inspire you, I don't know what will. I know. I'm so inspired. Are you inspired? <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, good. So today we're going to talk about, this is our second episode. Right. Episode two. The first one was like a couple weeks ago on Monday. And we're so consistent now. This is like, instead of Monday afternoon, this is Wednesday morning. Yep. This is episode number two of Working the, Out the Kinks. Yeah, we are. Of the real investing show, right? Is it? Yes, episode yes, two. The real investing show, episode two of the real investing show. One day people will look back and say, We watched the very first episode when it was just on Taylor and Steven's personal pages, Facebook page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but we got to get uh, started officially. So, Now we can start for real. Now we're now we're ready to go. If you don't know, guys, what that was called, that was called a cold opening. That's what they do on SNL, where they start the show and they have a little chop, a little talk, and then they do the intro, and then it's like the professional shows on. So that's what we did. We did a cold yeah, opening, we, and now we are starting for real because we wanted to go model off after one of the longest lasting live. Yeah, shows. yeah, yeah. So um, we uh, we we have some people watching right now, which is great. So. If you're watching, feel free to let us know who you are, where you're from. We're talking real estate here, all things real estate, um, real estate investing. And uh, if you have questions about real estate, feel free to put them in the put them in the comments, or you can message me personally or message Taylor personally on our private accounts, whatever it is. Just reach out to us. Um, and so, by the way, since our last show, we actually had. Um, um, we had two, I had two people reach out. One, um, wants to, you know, has some resources, wants to invest in real estate. And the other, um, young guy that has been saving up some money and wants to buy his first property. And so he's like looking at properties and stuff already. He's read, he read all the books, all three books that we yeah. recommended. Now that's an action taker that I've got to compliment. Like, I know, well, you should, I should introduce you to him at some point and oh, uh, man. really great, really good. I didn't get his permission to like talk about him or who he was or anything, but no, but um, that's, that's but yeah. incredible. And I mean, action is always going to Trump in action. You're going to sit there. I mean, it's yep. so easy to sit there and just wait. But to yep. jump in and do something, I love yep. it. So if you want to know more about us, by the way, you can listen back to our previous episode. I think we gave a, a pretty quick overview of the two of us back then. How we got started. I think, we got, did we talk about how we got started in real estate? How we got started, our backgrounds a little bit. Yeah, yep. a little bit. Yeah. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. But today we're going to talk about buying your first or second um, investment property. So if yeah, you, yeah. you don't know anything about it. So let me just kick it off this way, Taylor. And by the way, my name is Stephen Earp. This is Taylor Davis. Um, I've been involved in real estate investing. I mean, my grandparents were involved in real estate investing. And so uh, several generations and, uh, bought my first house when I was 19. Um, and, uh, and Taylor is uh, also a long-term real estate investor also runs a really successful real estate team in Norman, Oklahoma. So any, any more you want to say about yourself there, Taylor? Love investing. Love yeah, talking about awesome. it. Awesome. So, we get lots of lots of questions I get about uh, how to get started because um, a lot of people think about real estate a lot and you hear about it and especially there are all these programs online. It's like, hey, get rich in real estate and things like that. And so, um, so get a lot of questions about, hey, how do I actually get started? I've saved up a little money or maybe I don't have any money. Um, you know, what, what should I do? What are my first steps? So maybe I'll just throw it to you, Taylor. Uh, Maybe different scenarios. How do we want to approach it? Like different scenarios. What what talk about how to get started in real estate? 
So I think the, the very first step, in my opinion, is you got to figure out what you want to do, right? What's the best first step for you? Because yeah. uh, some people will start off going wholesaling. We can go into that a little bit. Um, a lot of people because of HGTV are familiar with flipping and, and right. uh, you could go down the flipping road or you could go down the buy and hold road, which is the more traditional, you know, buying a, re a residential real estate property and, and turning it into a long-term rental or potentially even a short-term rental. Yeah. But those, those strategies in the beginning are all the same. So it depends on what your, uh, which direction you're wanting to go because yeah. uh, when you, when you go, uh, you know, if you're if you're looking for this long term kind of slow build, you'll probably want to go down the long the 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 rental side of things. Uh, right. If you're a little cash strapped, you might want to go down the flipping side of things to build up enough nest egg to get you started. Yeah. So, so can, do you mind if I interrupt for a minute? Uh, maybe yeah. just I can ask for some basic um, definitions or explanations. Maybe for someone who is not super familiar with all the terminology, you mentioned three different ways of investing in real estate. I mean, there are many others, but three basic ways with single family homes. Right. One, right. you mentioned wholesaling and two, you mentioned rehabbing. And three, you mentioned like buy and hold rental. So maybe let me just maybe you can hit each one of them. So first yep. of all, uh, wholesaling. Can you give us kind of an overview of what wholesaling is, just for definitions? Wholesaling is uh, the hustler's intro into real estate, right? And mm -hmm. and it's where you're going out and you're finding a good deal. Um, you may not have the means to take that on on your own. So your, your, your motivation is to go find a good deal and turn around and, and find an investor and then sell it for a profit in between. That investor is the one who's actually going to close on the deal and, and finance the whole deal and, and be the end buyer. And you're getting uh, the, the difference between your contract on the first one and your contract with the second one. So if, if you found a good deal for uh, you know a house worth $150,000, uh, and you, you found it for a hundred thousand dollars, just using round numbers. You may be able to turn around and sell that to an investor for one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars and make that fifteen thousand dollar difference. Yeah, yeah. And so that is, um, and so many different ways to do that. Um, that's a way that a lot of people get started. At least a lot of young people get started in real estate if they don't have resources already to invest. Right. So this is the great. So yeah, if you don't have, if you have time but you don't have money, this is a great way to get started. Yeah. Yeah. And it, 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 um, and then there are a lot of different ways to structure it and things like that. And, um, uh, there are some legal things we won't, we, I mean, every state is different. You've got to know your state and local yeah. laws. Yeah. Yeah. In the state of Oklahoma, um, there are some complications like you really need to have a real estate license, real estate license in, now in Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah. Which is a good move, um, on the part of the state of Oklahoma. It's really progressive compared to much of the rest of the country. It's really um, surprising to see Oklahoma be, I think the very first state in the union to do that. So, yeah. so it's a big deal. Um, but it is still, there are still ways, um, to do it. And you, you can, I don't know if you would call this wholesaling Taylor, maybe there's another word for it, but like if you go ahead and buy a deal and close on it mm -hmm. and then you sell it to an investor, yeah, I guess that could still be wholesaling as long as you're. So, I mean, depends on every state is different in Oklahoma. The interpretation would be as long as you're not marketing it until you own it. Right. Yeah. So once you close on it, then you can start marketing it and then turn around. Yeah. And close again. Yeah. So the probably the big deal uh, about wholesaling, however it's done, is like you're finding a deal at a deep discount and you're selling it still at a good deal 
to an investor. Correct. Without investing tons of money into it yourself. Right. Because that investor, if they have a lot of uh, capital, they yeah. may not have the time to go find the good deal. And so they're willing yeah. to pay more for it. And that's where you, you, you problem solve your way through it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that is, it. and, and also I, uh, so from a, we referenced Robert Kiyosaki last week, um, and, and cashflow quadrant and rich dad, poor dad, um, by a lot of standards, wholesaling may not be investing. Wholesaling might just be, it's more like arbitrage. It's yep. more like finding a deal and selling it for more and buying and you're and selling creating more. You're more creating a job. You're not creating wealth, but this is a good way to learn. It's a good way to learn real estate. It's a good way to learn how to find a deal. Yep. And it's a good way to get started, especially, I mean, that's how I got started um, yep. uh, with you back in like 2008, nine. Yeah. Is right. we didn't have a lot of capital to invest, but we, right. we could find deals. Yeah, yeah, we had the energy and creativity and people skills. <laughs> right. So, right. so okay. Um, next, we you, you mentioned um, uh, rehabs, and you mentioned the HDTV flip that house. Talk yeah. to me about the word flip and how it's used there, and what rehabbing is, and like talk to me more about that. So you have to be a little careful when you use the word flip, because sometimes that could be interpreted as wholesaling, like you're flipping the note or something like that. But most right. people use it as I'm rehabbing a house. And so that what that is, is you're finding that house that's got uh, opportunity and needs needs to be improved. And you're going in and, and fixing, you know, you buy it uh, under market value, you fix it up and you sell it at market value. Uh, and now you've done a forced appreciation by in you know by by changing the the structure itself and, and improving it now you've you've appreciated the asset and now you can turn around and sell it for for even more and and that's where a lot of people get started and that's one of the i mean that's how i got my nest egg to be able to hold properties but in my opinion and almost everyone's opinion is the long-term wealth comes by holding property Right. And so if you can get started in holding property and there's another way to, to be able to buy and hold property, and that's the Burr method. And we can go into that a little bit sure. that uh, allows you to continue to do it, because one of the downsides to the buy and hold strategy is a lot of the times you have to have this. You have to have 20 percent down and not you and you can't do that over and over and over and over again. You run out of capital. Yeah. Run out of money. So um we we'll go into the birth strategy and, and talk a little bit about that. But okay. I think a lot of people, one of the things that I really wanted to chat about is um, in my opinion, one of the best and easiest strategies to get started is a lot of people that are going to be listening are homeowners. Yeah. And as a homeowner, you can tap into your equity and leverage that for your real estate investing. So what that's called is a home equity line of credit. Okay. And so a bank is willing to give you uh, a line of credit mm -hmm. that you can use for whatever you want. A lot of the times people will use this to put a swimming pool in or you know, make an improvement on the house or, or maybe consolidate debt. But you can use this to invest in real estate. And so you take the equity that's left in your home. So just as a quick reference, equity is the difference between what you owe on the house and what the house is worth. That's right. Equity. So if, if you have a, uh, a $300,000 house and you owe $200,000 on that, you have $100,000 in equity sitting there that you could go borrow on a lot of credit. Now you have 
you know, eighty to a hundred thousand dollars, depending on what they lend to you on that. Mm -hmm. And now you have that to go be your down payment for your investment house. Mm -hmm. And and that's, in my opinion, that is the one thing that the majority of people, you know, listening mm -hmm. would be able to do, especially in today's market, because the prices of houses have gone up so much. Most people have a reasonable amount of equity sitting in their in their primary residence. Yeah, that's yeah, that's good. So um, what about um, Taylor? I can hear someone uh, asking the question. What are you crazy? Borrow against my home for real estate investing. Doesn't that seem risky? Like, what would your response to that be? Doesn't it seem risky to work a job your whole life and not save up for real estate? I mean, there, there, there's going to be, or, you know, and, and invest in a wealth creator to leverage you mm -hmm. out of that at some point. Yeah. Yeah. There is risk. And, mm -hmm. uh, and if you don't want to go that way, you can, you can absolutely save and mm -hmm. go the more conservative route. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of ways to protect yourself. And if you're, if you're buying right, when yeah. you buy your investment property, well, you've got mm -hmm. equity there as well. And, mm -hmm. and you're, you're, you're mitigating that risk because mm -hmm. in a worst case scenario, you could sell that house and mm -hmm. get, get your money back out of it and, yeah. and protect your house. So there is risk, but it's minimal in my opinion, yeah. calculated risk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I also, um, my perspective is that like, I think the last 12 months, I mean, people can read about it. I'm not a political uh, pundit or nor am I a current events um, uh, guru, but like inflation has increased significantly because we just started printing a whole lot more money last year. Tons. Tons more money. So you can, you can Google it like the U.S. printing new money. But like, here's what happens. Every time we put more dollars in circulation, every dollar you own goes down in value. Yeah. And the deal about real property is this. When you own real property, like, and, and inflation goes up, that real property goes up. The value of it goes up and your dollars, the value of it goes down. So every dollar you have sitting in the bank right now or with a CD or, you know, however you have it sitting there, it, it's going down in value every day that it's sitting there. Or you put it under your mattress, it's going down in value. If you put it in real property, it goes up in value. And Think so that's- that. Yeah, so so I, let's go over the last two years. In the last yeah. two years, the value of your your dollar has dropped roughly 10%, a little, yeah. maybe closer to 11 now is what they're talking about. Right. So so let's say you have $100,000 in, mm -hmm. in the bank account. You lost $11,000 by not doing anything. Yeah. On the flip side, if you had a $100,000 house, mm -hmm. your house has appreciated by 20%. Mm -hmm. So now you have $120,000, maybe not in cash, but you have $120,000 in, in an asset that you could sell. Yeah. That's a $31,000 swing. Yeah. Yeah. For doing, yeah. And for, I, I had a property. Yeah, one of my early mentors told me that home buying single family houses are basically like buying brick and mortar um, piggy banks. It's like you're, you know, every month you and here here's um here's what I um like the idea of buying and holding and and you and you mentioned the burr strategy but without unpacking it so maybe you could think like we need to define gotta, what all that we got to right? go into that. Yeah, but um for me like like um 
the, the benefits of investing in real estate, there are so many. For one, we talked last week about how you can you get forced appreciation because you buy an asset. If you're buying an investment property, you're buying something below market value. You can you can look for it, you can shop for it, you can negotiate for it. Um, and then so you you buy some number one, you have more control because you you buy something with equity in it already. In other words, the day you purchase the property, you already win because you're buying it with equity in it. Then you, the second way you make money on it is you if you slap a coat of paint on it, put a little bit of elbow grease in it, whatever, then and you can get that stuff done much cheaper than like the highest retail contractors, then you're forcing more equity. Correct. And you can leverage the bank's money to help you do that because there are yeah. loans that will lend for the rehab as yeah. well as for the initial yeah. acquisition. Yeah. So, so you're getting forced equity in the beginning. You're buying it. Now, if you're investing in mutual funds, stocks and mutual funds, you're going to pay market, market value, value for that. Like you cannot get a good deal on a no. stock. Like, I mean, I mean, I know Dave. You, you can buy a dip, but really, yeah. that's speculative buying because you're you're yes. expecting it to go up. Yes. you can buy something under market value and immediately know that you have yeah. a position in it, even if you are still speculating it to go up. Which, on average, it does about four percent a year. Right. Um, right. So, so yeah. So that's a big difference, and that's part of the reason that I. Probably in, I don't know, in the early 2000s, we took money we had in mutual funds. We took it all out. I just put it all in real estate. Yeah. And yeah. so because of that, because I had more control over it. And so you have more control, you get the appreciation. And then if you rent it out, you get um, you get the value of the appreciation. So like in our state, we're in Oklahoma. And on average, at least a few years ago when I was doing the research on it, on average, the property values double every 15 years in Oklahoma. Um, for the past 70 years, it's been that way. So like if you, you know, if you, you buy, let's say you buy 10 houses right now in 15 years, the likelihood is they'll all be worth double, you know, what they are right now. So that's, you get that appreciation as well. If you rent them out, you get a little bit of monthly cash flow. Not a lot. If you owe money on them, you don't get a lot of cash flow on a rental property um, until it's paid off. But you get some money as a monthly cash flow, but there's another way you make money on rental property. And this is like, I mean, some investors call it phantom income and that's the tax benefits. And Especially what people- if you're a, a high W-2 earner. Yes. You the are more, a high W-2 earner. Yep. This is a opportunity. If you, if you make lots of, if you make lots of money, if you're a high W-2 earner, high, uh, highly paid employee, th- then what happens is you, you, um, there's, you can take depreciation. Now the value of the real estate goes up, but annually the IRS allows you to take a deduction that they call depreciation and it depreciates over so many years. And it's, it's, that's part of the reason that wealthy people invest in real estate. Right. And so back way back in the day, people Mm -hmm. would uh, buy a property and then they would Mm -hmm. write the whole thing off as a loss that year. Right. So I I go out, I I buy a property for Mm $200,000. I'm going to write that off. The IRS said, no, 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 you can't do that. Um, But we'll let you depreciate it out over 27 and a half years. Mm -hmm. So you take that Mm $200,000, you subtract the lot costs, right? What Mm -hmm. the land is worth, because that's not depreciating. Mm -hmm. And then you can depreciate that off over 27 and a half years. And right now, there are actually options to bonus depreciate where you can take, you actually segregate out the different asset, the parts of the Mm -hmm. property. Mm -hmm. It takes a third party to do it. 
But yeah. if you really wanted to take a big loss in one year, mm -hmm. roughly 50% of what you could depreciate could be mm -hmm. depreciated off in one year and mm -hmm. an offset a huge amount of your income. Yeah. So there's, yeah. there are people that will, like in, especially high, high earners in like New York and, and California, there were people that will buy property that will negative cash flow, meaning every month they're actually losing money because the rent mm -hmm. coming in is, is lower than their mortgage payment. Right. But, but at the end of the year, they make more because of the tax benefits. Yeah, because real estate investment, this is different than other business income. Real estate income can go against other income. Correct. Our real estate losses. Am I saying that right? Real yeah, estate real losses. Loss. Yeah. And and then there are even additional. So if you start to spend so many hours mm -hmm. of your work life in mm -hmm. real estate, then you get additional benefits to being what they consider a real estate professional. Real estate professional. Yeah. And uh, so as you get more rental properties and you're spending yeah. more time in it, mm -hmm. now you you qualify for an even bigger yeah. bonus. Yeah. Just a little bit. I know we're covering a, a lot. This is some of this is a little high level, but like just know if you're watching this and you're a high uh, income W-2 earner and you want to know more about this, we could definitely help you with that. Um, reach out to us. We don't have any kind of formalized program or anything like that. We're just two guys helping people out. So if you are looking, if you're like, no, I have huge tax liabilities at the end of the year, I may want to get involved in real estate. Let us know and we can we can definitely help you with that. Um, irrespective of where you are. So I, I went off a rabbit on a rabbit trail there. Um, yeah. So, so I'll, let's, let's come back to the guy that wanted to do the very first deal. The very first deal. Yeah. The very first deal. So first thing I, I want to want you to look at is do you have equity in your in your personal house? And if you do, great. Other options would be hard money loans or private money lenders. Yeah. Um, hard money loans, private money lenders are going to be a much higher interest rate. You're usually going to pay. You know, in today's market, you're probably going to pay between 10 and 14 percent interest. And you're probably mm -hmm. going to have a couple of points up front, which is like a prepaid interest. Uh, so a yeah. point would be one percent. So if you're borrowing one hundred thousand, uh, one point would be a thousand dollars that you're paying up front for that loan. Right. right. And so that's another option. Um, but usually the easiest way to get in is through the home equity line of credit, unless you have some savings built up. And yeah. then second would be private money loan or, or something like that, or borrowing from friends, family, or other options, yeah. uh, or against other things. Or partnering uh, with someone or, you know. Do what now? Or partnering with someone that has cash or something. Yes. And, and here's the other thing is there are lenders out there. Uh, they don't require 20% down. They require, they require 20% in equity. And so there's mm -hmm. a difference there. So if I'm buying a house that's worth $100,000 and I'm paying 100 for it, well, then I have to put 20% down. I've yeah. got to come up with uh, $20,000. There are lenders out there that would, that they just require the the down or the equity to be $20,000. So if I'm buying a $125,000 house, but I'm paying $100,000 for it, I already have my equity and I don't have to put as much down. Some banks will go as low as, you not putting anything down as long as there's that spread, but most will want around 10% down. So there's a lot of lenders out there that'll do as little as 10% yes. down. Yeah. So when you're, when you're looking at a deal that's a uh, $150,000, you're, you may only have to put $15,000 down and there's uh, w rehab loans where they'll actually lend money for the rehab as well. So, 
my one of my most recent ones I did this on. And uh, what we do is we we go to the bank and we say, hey, we've got this property, you know, I use round numbers. It was, uh, you know, for one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. We're going to put sixty thousand dollars into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think it's going to be worth three hundred when it's done. And uh, so then what they do is they actually send an appraiser out to view the property. We give them a list of everything that we're going to do to that property. And the appraiser appraises the property based off what it's going to be when it's finished. And then they'll lend you the money to buy it and they'll hold this money for you for your rehab. And then Mm -hmm. as you do the rehab, they're reimbursing. So you don't have to have all of the money for the rehab and money for the down payment. You need the down payment and then you need a little bit for a rolling rehab budget. And as Mm -hmm. you're spending, then you can get reimbursed for that. And and that's a really easy way to go ahead and get started in the flipping game. Yeah. And then, uh, I, you know what, I hate to do this, but let's, let's tease episode three to go a deep dive into the burst strategy. I'll go real quick over what the burst strategy is. Okay. Um, it's buy. So it's, it's an acronym B R R R buy. It's not just birds. It's burr. (laughs) (laughs) Buy. Renovate, okay. Uh, rent, mm-hmm. refinance, and then repeat. And so okay. this is a way to leverage the equity that you have mm-hmm. in a property and potentially get an infinite, get all of your money back. And I've done that twice, mm-hmm. where I've bought something, did this strategy, got all of my money back. I'm still cash flowing a little bit every month. I still have equity in the property. And I have none of my money in it because I got all my money back to be able to go to the next deal. Yeah. That's winning. Yes, winning. <laughs> yeah, that's good. We could talk about that in the next. So in the we'll, next go, we'll go deep. Hey, by, by the way, I I just realized in um, the program that we're using, um, we're not getting the comments in our stream here. So we have a we have a good number of comments here. I thought I would just read some of them. So. Um, maybe give some shout outs to people that sound good. Yeah, sounds great. Um, let's see. We got Jenny Murillo that we both know. She she says, hey, Stephen Earp and Taylor Davis, great to see both of you online. So small. Uh, shout well, out. Yep. Uh, Reggie Terry, thanks for watching. Uh, Heaven, we're doing well. Um, Jenny Archer says, good perspective, real uh, property versus dollars. Um, Reggie Terry says, uh, LOL, high income 1099er. I don't know, but Reggie, if you're, <laughs> I don't know what that means, but um, he's not a W2, he's a, he's a contractor. Yeah. So he's got, he, there we yeah. go. He's got at least yeah. got some money to work with and maybe he could diversify it. Yep. And Amanda Halbert says, I do a business loan for every property. So Amanda uh, and her husband, they are local investors. I remember when they bought their first property, um, they have, uh, I, I see them working on the properties. And so, yeah, I, I remember when they bought the first one and they've done several now. And I see, I think it's like their weekend deal. And by the way, I might just say, and this is a shout out. So good job, Amanda and your family. Um, I, something about buying, like rehabbing, like rehabbing and doing it. Like if you like doing the work yourself, that's a really good thing too. Like most of the cost of rehabbing is in labor or, or do you, would you say half of its labor at least? At over half. Yeah. Maybe yeah, 60%, maybe 60 to 70% of the cost is in labor. So if you're like super handy and you love doing that stuff, you can save so much money on rehabbing properties. Oh my goodness. 
I like was if you just stop watching Netflix and start rehabbing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I was shocked at how, how much the uh, last paint bid we got was, it was, it was an $8,000 paint bid. And I'm like, uh, I mean, and of that, it was maybe, maybe $1,500 in materials. So it's almost yeah. all labor. Uh, yeah. So yeah, there's a lot that you can do. That's not necessarily high skill, but you can, yeah. you can get in and do. Landscaping too is another thing that you can save some yeah. money. On. So maybe, uh, so maybe to wrap it up, and maybe I'll ask a, a, just a series of questions. I know we've got another call here shortly. Um, so if I'm looking to get started, and I'm like Taylor, um, I'm nervous about investing in real estate. Uh, I I have a little bit of cash. I have a little bit of equity in my house. What are my next steps? How do I get started? What's your answer? Step one, define your criteria. Know what your goal is. What is the long-term goal? So five years from now, where do you want to be sitting? 15 years from now, where do you want to be sitting? Okay. And then bring that back to, well, okay, in order for me to get to my goal, I should probably flip first or I should probably just go straight into the buy and hold. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I would start making offers on properties. And it's, that's, it's scary but go conservative with your underwriting just to be safe. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and then you'll, then you're starting to take action. You're starting to learn because what will happen otherwise is you will, you will sit in this space of constantly analyzing and never moving forward. Yeah. So the first step is, is take action. It is scary. Mm -hmm. And I promise you're, you're well, and most, most likely your first deal is not going to be a home run. Mm -hmm. but you're going to learn so much from it. And one of the things that I, I like a perspective I heard in the past that I, I totally agree with is education is never free. Mm -hmm. Like somebody will spend a hundred thousand dollars in four years of their life to go get a degree to, 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 to earn a living, right? Like that's what it's for is to go get a job and earn a living. Mm -hmm. And, and we won't, we won't do a real estate deal unless it's going to make us X number of dollars. And it's like, but even if you even if you broke even, did you learn something? You did you are you mm -hmm. moving forward? Mm -hmm. And it, and the answer is yes. And mm -hmm. every deal that you do, you're going to learn something more. Don't put yourself in a position to to intentionally fail. Like yeah. be smart with it, but yeah. take action and move forward. And by the way, even in today's market, you can find deals on the MLS. Mm. You, you don't have to look in crazy places. I still yeah. I've bought multiple deals in the last two years on the MLS. Yeah. That's a little plug there for anybody watching. If you're in central Oklahoma, <laughs> uh, the great Taylor Davis is right here in Norman, Oklahoma, and he is an experienced investor. Do you work with any investors in your agency? I work with a ton of investors, and we actually yeah. work with a lot of out-of-state investors. A lot of people are realizing the opportunity in Oklahoma right now. Okay, got it. See, I'm trying to I'm trying to like give you a plug for people yeah. in here, but you're saying, no, no, no. Send me those California and those New York investors. All, all, so, all of them. All of them, yeah. So them. Um, so yeah. Um, all right, well, any, any closing thoughts before we go? Uh, define your criteria. Start yeah. with that. Figure out the direction that you want to go and, and, and then yeah. start analyzing those deals. Yeah, yeah. And look yeah, and my closing. Huh? Look and see if you've got equity in your home. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. My, my closing thoughts. I just real estate, super exciting. It's fun. I love it so much. And I, I just say taking action is the big deal. I mean, a lot of people are addicted to information and they want to watch 
programs or buy stuff. I mean, we're just giving stuff away for free. So if you have specific questions, you can hit me up or hit Taylor up, hit us up on Facebook or text us if you know us personally. Um, eventually we'll get, we'll actually be doing a more formal podcast, but, um, um, but, but yeah, we just want to help as many people as we can because we love it. And, uh, but I, I would say taking action, having a bias towards action is a really big deal. So learn, take action, learn, take action. You know what I mean? Plan, do review, just take action. And that will really solve every problem you've ever had in real estate. So, um, I look forward to it. Let's, let's we'll do it again next week. And, uh, same time next week. Same Wednesday time. Morning. Well, let's, yeah. Let's throw one book out. Yeah, let's read. Do it. it doesn't even have to be a real estate book. Just throw one book out that that would be, a, that's a good book. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hold on. I got one that I'm reading now that I highly recommend. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to look, so this is going to be weird, but I'm going to get it, but you, you, you get ready for your book too. Hold on. Okay. Well, why, while you're looking for that, I'll go ahead and, and, and sh- or, uh, tell you what I'm reading right now. So right now I've been reading, uh, atomic habits. I, it's actually my second time to go through it. And one of the things that I love about it is it just talks about, um, identity being a, a very, uh, high influence to your habit building. And so mm-hmm. this idea of uh, being like, I, I'm not quitting smoking. I'm just not a smoker, right? Like you identify, mm-hmm. it's not an action, it's an identity. Mm-hmm. And so like, be a real estate investor. And then the question mm-hmm. that you ask is, what would a great real estate investor do right now? What would mm-hmm. a great real estate investor be doing today? Mm-hmm. Right. And and then you, as you start to identify as that, it's easier to take those actions. No, that's good. OK, here's what I've been reading. The, the one, one thing. thing. Yeah. By Gary Keller, which Gary Keller wrote the book uh, we recommended last time called The Millionaire Real Estate Investor. Mm-hmm. And so I love his stuff. This is actually this is much better written than that one. And so yeah. the one yeah. thing it's about deciding it's basically about focus, focusing on the one thing that's going to make the biggest difference in your life. And breaking um, that down to the smallest action yeah. step that you can. Yep. 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 So, all right. Uh, thanks all right. a lot, Taylor. I love you, man. And uh, we are out. God bless all of you.